Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of everyone else at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Chopemaniac. And I'm DM Mitch. And today we are going to be talking about probably a controversial topic, one that I think we also had a lot of fun talking with. None other than hashtag Magic Mark. And Magic Mark. Magic. Haha. It is I, Magic Mark. Yeah, he wears it. I don't know if you guys know this, but in real life, he actually wears a cape most of the time. And. <laughs> Oh man, that makes him sound so weird. And counts in this really weird voice and then laughs every time he counts. Uh, But other than that, he joined us in throwing out alignment, which, like I said, I thought was a really cool conversation that we had. Uh, But before we get to the meet where we discuss the the concept of throwing out alignments, and when we say alignments, we're talking specifically player alignments. Before we do that, We have a very special, perhaps dreaded, but we're going to make the most of it, review. And so there's a a little bit of a backstory behind this review. This review is from JJ Jimbro, and it is entitled Revenge is So Sweet. This one comes from our buddy, James Indricasso, from the Don't Split the Pods network. And I gave him a review on his podcast, and he had to read whatever the heck I wrote. And so this is his revenge. But luckily, Neil, you said you'd help me out with this one. So are you ready for this? No. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do it anyway. JJ Jimbro, a.k.a. James Intracasso, you suck. Like a dungeon's lame, full of enemies that can deal any pain. Do you ever feel your ideas running out? Just another couple that's so weak that you wanna shout. Do you know that there's a podcast for you? Cause you can DM true. You just gotta listen to Mitch and Neil Power. Just hit subscribe, knowledge you'll imbibe. Cause baby, it's the DM's block, and all your games are gonna rock. Make them go, that was fun, as you dominate the games you run. Cause baby, it's a DM's block, with tips and tricks around the clock. Dear Mitch and Neil are so awesome. They're making sure your games are fun. James, you still suck. So if you're still with us, which I wouldn't blame you if you aren't. <laughs> or if you are now subscribed to us and you weren't before. <laughs> you couldn't subscribe fast enough. But thankfully, we're trying to turn whatever that is into something more. <laughs> And we came up with the idea of creating a contest. And the contest is fairly simple in that if you go out, you pick a pop song of your choice, you redo the lyrics for the Dungeon Master's Block and record yourself 
singing those lyrics to that pop song. We're going to choose the winner of all of the entries and send them a copy of The Yawning Portal. That winner will be announced one month from now on May 28th. On episode 123, we will be announcing the winner. And of course, we will have to play the pop song that won on air. And we might even play a couple honorable mentions. But one lucky winner will walk away with a brand new spanking book of Tales of the Yawning Portal. We know that we have some talented listeners out there. We know that we have some <laughs> listeners who may not be able to sing. That's okay. Neither can we. Get those if we didn't pop prove songs that. in. <laughs> if there's any proof out there that we can't sing, it's been on a number of episodes. But we do it anyway. We want you to do it anyway. Send us your pop songs with new lyrics for the DMB so that we can play it on air and we can showcase the best of them and have one amazing winner. Get those in. You have one month to get those in. Neil, where can they get those to us at? The best place to do that would be send us an email at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Well, with that, start working and we're going to get to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat back on the menu, boys. So today for the meat, like we already mentioned, we're going to talk about throwing out alignment. And then you're going to have to go to your local mechanic and try and get that fixed. <laughs> but today we have a returning guest and it is none other than hashtag Magic Mark. Hey, everybody. So Mark is joining us. We are specifically going to be talking about throwing out PC alignment. When you sit down for character creation, as we often advise that you do, you don't have to worry as the DM to say, make sure to put down your alignment because you are not going to be focusing on that anymore. If this so be is a path that you decide to take. And I think that to start off with one thing that I'd like to say, and maybe you guys can kind of weigh in on this as well, is I don't dislike alignment. I think alignment has its place for sure when we're talking about PC alignment. And I think especially for those beginners getting into the game of Dungeons and Dragons, it can be helpful. But this is an alternate way that if you are a DM and you're running a game, this is something that maybe you want to consider for a future game of Dungeons and Dragons. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, like you said, alignment has a place. It definitely is very useful, especially early on. It kind of helps you figure out a character's kind of like desires and motives it serves its purpose but often sometimes it becomes this box that your character has to be painted into and then you kind of get that baby in the corner kind of situation and nobody puts baby in the corner <laughs> you've made that joke like three times on this podcast really you know yeah. <laughs> i'm keeping it just trying to bring it back yeah <laughs> i think a lot of it is I, I've been in some situations where it's like you're in a group of people and they take like a personality test. And whenever you do that, it's like everybody kind of amplifies that personality that they're given in that group. And so the people who are like, I'm an extrovert, suddenly get louder and more boisterous. And then the introverts find themselves hiding in quarters and things like that, where it's if that test never happened, everybody would maintain that level of self. 
but as soon as you put that label on it, all of a sudden it kind of heightens everything. So your your lawful good paladin might just be behaving like a paladin, but then he has to be lawful good, and it kind of amplifies that annoying aspect of it. So he's suddenly like getting more antagonistic with the party because all of a sudden he has to be more lawful and more good than everybody else kind of thing. Ask one simple question of, do you like alignment? And Mark starts dropping content from the get go. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Neil, what about you? Is like, do you like alignment? Is, have you seen problems with it? Yes. Okay. Moving on. Yes. No, I'm just um, I will not drop content. <laughs> done. No, I mean, it's the same stuff where you're painted into this box, but I think the the tougher piece is not how the player would feel as being in that box, but then like external assumptions of what that player needs to be, kind of like Mark was referencing, like, oh, you're the lawful good paladin. You shouldn't do that. You should do this. And then that person feels like they have to do that rather than figuring out what lawful good necessarily means to them and then interpreting it their own way. I do think that's one of the biggest limitations is that there are nine boxes to check and about half of them you'd probably don't want in the first place because it won't fit in your party. And then some of the others are difficult to even pin down on what you should be doing. Like the hardest one in my mind is true neutral. Yes. Like what do you do with that? <laughs> it is, it so. is difficult. I heard Matt Colville on his explanation. I think he was actually talking about not using alignment and one of his go-to's was that classic you see those charts online those images and there's like a lord of the rings one and it always pegs always pegs treebeard as true neutral because of that one line that he says yeah. and he says side i am on nobody's side because no one is on my side but he says that's that's ridiculous treebeard is not true neutral treebeard is a good guy he ends up fighting for the good side he wants to do good things for the world he is not true neutral and basically says that's ridiculous that's not how it should be stop pegging treebeard as true neutral I mean, even though using that as like a more of an example, because Treebeard's motivations don't come from neutrality either. If Treebeard's motivations were to shut down everything that was happening for the sake of neutrality, like, ah, evil's going to win. I got to curb that a little bit. It's not. It's like, hey, you killed all my friends. I'm going to call the rest of my friends and have hilarious scenes with trees on fire. Um, <laughs> and Dipping their head rocks. in the flood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that before we go any further with our discussion, Neil, when we were talking about this episode last night, Neil, you brought up one thing that you said, you know, the classic Grognard response will be, you can't throw out alignment because it messes up the mechanics. And I think that yeah. we want to address that to start off with and say, yes, there is truth to that. However, it may be a lot more truthful in older editions, but we're not edition specific here, and we're just going to be talking about the theory of it. And when it comes down to it, we're talking specifically about PC alignment. We're not saying throwing out alignment completely as in monsters, as in using the spells such as detect evil or good, which only specifically works against specific monsters in the game. And unless your PC is undead or a celestial, it's not going to be working on him anyway. But I think I think for me as a DM, there's very few times that I would ever encounter a mechanic in game that's going to really be something that I'm going to struggle getting past if I threw out alignment with a playable character. It definitely would be harder with a monster, but with playable characters, I don't think it would be that big of a struggle. 
Yeah, and then if you're going to do this, because, I mean, the alternative of throwing it out completely is that there's more nuance, then you could have those spells and items and other mechanical implications when referred to your PCs have that same nuance, like detect evil. Uh, it seems like it seems like Magic Mark here is kind of evil, but not <laughs> super not, not evil. As, not as PC, Magic Mark. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, no. Just a touch. <laughs> Just a little. So, I mean, you could start having that nuance involved in those spells to increase the role play just right out the gate. So let's let's break this down a little bit more and just talk about, all right, why throw out the alignment system? We're talking about that classic nine alignment chart, or if you have something else, why throw out the alignment system altogether? Why not focus on that as a DM and try to push your players into not focusing on it? You guys have talked a little bit about it already but i think that the one of the first points is just that it's funny because it's literally a chart of boxes but when you pick one of those boxes you are a you are boxing those characters in to some degree yeah i think as uh, a player often i found myself like ignoring the alignment thing until i filled out the rest of the character sheet early on I've done the, like, I'm going to fill in alignment first and then make a character, and I've done it the other way around. But now when I'm being more creative with my characters, I tend to fill in alignment last. I pick all of the personality traits, all of the stats, everything, and then I go, okay, what does all this stuff say? And then I kind of pick what box they fit into. And a lot of that kind of turns into why do I need alignment anyway? I fill in that box mostly now just to kind of have it so if somebody says hey what are you i can answer that question <laughs> so it's more for you know those sheet peekers uh to figure out a little more, more about my character than it is for myself and for those stats and for the those off spells that are like are you good well kind of sort of how many good choices have i made lately <laughs> i've always felt like alignment is kind of like this this limit to, uh, to me as a player of like, okay, now my character has to only make chaotic and good choices. So if my party member decides to make a really lawful choice, do I hate that choice just because I have a C in my alignment box? Or do I hate that choice because I don't like that choice because my character disagrees with the decision you made? So if I see that letter, it's already kind of kind of self metagaming and kind of creating decisions for me when I don't want to have to do that. I want to be able to think my character has this personality and this person made this choice. How do I feel about that? I don't want to have to go, well, my alignment box says I would disagree with that. Even if I do agree with that as a character. Like I've seen that all the time and I've played that all the time where it's like a decision comes up in game and you have these options in your mind, but they're always filtered through your alignment lens of like well i'm this alignment so therefore i must see the world in this black and white way and that's that's just an unfortunate thing that i think happens to a lot not everybody we're not saying everybody does this but a lot of players when they're playing the game and i think honestly it is a deterrent for you as a dm with alignment because instead of going hmm what has happened to my character thus far in this story that we've told together in this story that the DM and the players have weaved together that might 
make my character choose a certain direction or a certain path instead of going, let me think about the narrative so far and the development my character has had and the previous choices he's made and the previous things that have been forced in his way, the obstacles that he's faced and the difficulties he's faced. Instead of thinking about that, I think the decisions often are made by, well, I'm a lawful good character and thus I must follow the law as long as it is not something that is evil and like just focusing on that rather than focusing on the story and who your character is. I mean, it's super difficult to pin down even the character you make initially. You mean, Mark, Mm -hmm. you were referring to making that the last decision and even the limited amount of information that you would have about your character to say, yeah, this is the box they fit in. I feel is somewhat difficult at create character creation in the sense of like, well, all the choices that led up to this person, you know, and depending on who it is, like a dwarf or an elf, it could be literally hundreds of years of decisions. And now I'm going to put them in this box. But then even the limited amount of time, and Mitch, this is kind of what you're referring to, the limited amount of time and the choices they have to make while going from 1 to 20. Sure, at 1, I can say, oh, I'm chaotic good, and I'm going to kill all these goblins because they're trying to kill all these townspeople. And then at level 15, you're like, I don't know, should this town get blown up because I can save the rest of the world? A true lawful good? No. But then that might be the only decision that there is. And, and the, the nuance of these tif, these truly difficult decisions that you're put in at like level 15 and 20, like these world-shaping events, and you're just like, well, I'll look at my checkbox and I'll make my choice. <laughs> and I think that that's one of the biggest difficulties is continuing to make these larger and larger decisions based on something that is so finite in its you know, in, in its spectrum. And that makes it boring, right? Like, especially Mark, you mentioned, and I think there's a lot to talk about here, but like the, the peak, the sheet peakers that like, that sounds weird. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> the sheet peakers who like see that you on your character sheet have a lawful good written down or that you have chaotic evil or whatever it is, they're going to see that. Or even just in discussion, like I've heard it so many times asked across the table, like, Oh, what alignment are you? Which I just cringe at that, that question more often than not now, but it's, it's like, there's this expectation of, Oh, like Neil, like you said, this big decision to save the world, this crazy thing is going to happen. And you're like, well, I know where everybody's going to land on this because I know their alignment. And I know that they are viewing this through that alignment lens rather than thinking, I don't know, what does my character think about this? Let me think about his, the, the story we've told or the background or whatever and figure it out from there. It's just like you can, it's predictable. It's very predictable of what the character is going to choose, not just for the person playing, but for everybody else who is familiar with that person's two letters that are on their piece of paper. Yeah. I so often at the table even see like that moment where everybody's making a choice or even one character is making a choice and they like justify with their alignment. Like the whole party is like, I don't think I want you to do this. And the guy goes, I don't care. Lawful good. I'm doing it. Or Mm -hmm. even a different alignments where they just kind of use it as first of all, lazy role play. Um, I cannot make a different decision. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes because of your character, not because of the alignment, but sometimes that is the case, but yes. Yeah. And it's one thing if it is your character and you, you can explain why your character would make that choice. And it's another thing if you just kind of go lawful good, I don't care what you say. <laughs> so I, I, I think not having that two letters, be it 
LG or CE or whatever. TN or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter, but there will be a moment where somebody could use those two letters as justification when they should be able to look at their character and their choices and that personality that they've constructed and use that. It's it's so to much justify. more compelling to to hear justification of no, 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 I cannot choose this because I I cannot choose this decision because it will hurt innocence and I stand for protecting innocence and if I were to do this I could not live with myself rather than hearing well I am lawful good or I am neutral good and exactly. thus I cannot make this decision I have these two letters I think one thing that we are not saying with throwing out Lyman we're not saying that throw out the morality of a character we're not saying and we've talked about this previously in episodes. We're not saying we want our games to be Skyrim-like, where you can go and you can make, you can go and save the town and then transform into a werewolf and destroy the town and just be like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what we're saying here. In fact, I think we're saying the opposite. We're saying if you get, if you can get rid of the alignment system in your games in a healthy way, you can encourage your players to dive deeper into what is the morality of that character? Where do they land? What are the things that they hold up dear as their beliefs, as their standards? What are those things? Let them get more into that. Cause even you know, going back to any, you know, in any, choice that we would want to make in terms of alignment and i'm trying to think of the scenarios where it it doesn't work you know and it in the sense that like we as people were put into extremely difficult situations and then we make choices that maybe we wouldn't make otherwise you know to throw a pop culture reference look at the walking dead and all the choices that they have to make all the things that are this really morally gray area that up until these terrible things and zombies everywhere. Mm. I mean, <laughs> imagine if you will, everyone zombies. Um, <laughs> but the fact that those things have prompted them to do what they otherwise would have never done. You know, and for like characters in a game, it could be first off, don't have a family. Your DM will use it against you. <laughs> Even if you don't have a family, your DM will use it against you. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, well, if you do this, terrible thing your family won't die if you do this terrible thing i'll bring your family back hmm. how far is a character regardless of you know the two letters that are on their sheet how far will they go to make that happen because now it is extremely personal i think that's so true because when you don't have to think about your decisions through the lens of your alignment you start to think about even just flaws of like well, this would this would not be a decision my character would make. However, I've lost somebody before. To so, so to make this decision where I would lose somebody again but do the right thing, I can't do that. Whereas that's all too easily thrown aside by just saying, "Nope, I am I am neutral good and thus I will make this decision." You know, it's yeah. it really asks it makes you question and makes you delve deeper into the character that you our role playing and i think you're, you're right neil like you look at you look at walking dead or just any kind of story that's trying to tell a story that makes the characters feel realistic because that's the thing real people they don't fit into 
an alignment arc. <laughs> like they just don't fit into an alignment box because real people make all this different decisions based off of life, based off of sometimes it, it just doesn't even make sense what kind of decision they make at the moment. Even they themselves can't explain exactly what it is. I love that alignment chart that really blows in my opinion, this whole alignment thing out of the water where it's Batman and it goes through it every uh, box. lawful good, neutral good, and it goes all the way with Batman to chaotic evil. And it's like, yeah, Batman has throughout the comics made all different types of quote unquote alignment decisions because he isn't an alignment because he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part with that is that there's actually one for Superman as well. Really? Interesting. Yeah. There's a Wolverine one, too. Yeah, it's breaking it down. Yeah, and I think the other thing, and I don't know how I hadn't thought of this before, but you know, the ex- another thing that I know, I don't know that I've done it, but I've seen it done, where your paladin is lawful good, you know, and using that as an extreme example, and they decide to kill someone that the party doesn't agree is a lawful good choice. So then the DM is left to decide, do you leave them where they are, or do you shift their alignment? Yes. And the problem with shifting their alignment is that it is epic shift because you're either going you're you know you're shifting the scale and the fact that that paladin will neither be lawful neutral or chaotic good depending on which axis of that alignment they're shifting and how far that is in terms of how the game and the mechanics views alignment is really i don't know it'd just be really tough for me to think about forcing a player that far in any one direction just because of a couple choices they made I think the pushback to that is that somebody, another DM out there would say, but that is exactly what you're supposed to do with a paladin. Like if a paladin, we don't want to turn this into a paladin episode, but the like, oh, they made a decision that is a chaotic evil decision. They should. It's, it's not even a sense of really punishment, but it's the sense of no, their God would not be okay with this. But if that's where you land, throwing out the alignment doesn't mean that you that that doesn't stand anymore. Yeah. Like decisions are decisions and you as the DM get to be in charge of, well, what, what does that player characters? God think of this decision that he made? Was it big enough for him to quote unquote fall from grace? That still is there. That still exists just because there's not two letters on a piece of paper that still should exist. If a player decides that they want to play a paladin of Pelor, like you, I mean, it still makes sense that that character isn't going to be running around just murdering people senselessly just because he doesn't have two letters on a piece of paper. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that I thought of before with uh, Mark, your, we'll keep bringing it back, your sheet peekers and uh, (laughs) people that like ask like, oh, what, what is your alignment? And they want to start off the game by knowing everybody's alignment. I think one thing that this gets rid of, which I've heard at the table before, and this also makes me cringe, is when somebody is playing and role-playing their character and having a good time, and somebody from across the table says, you can't do that. You are this alignment, and thus you can't make this decision. Like It gets rid of that. There still may be a question asked, but it'll be a more pointed question of, I don't understand how your character from everything that he's done is making this decision. Like, can you explain that to me? Like whether it's player wise or character wise, 
that's a good question rather than the statement, the demand of you can't do that. <laughs> it, it does help players kind of bring into the, the thought process of what kind of things would make me compromise my values. Mm-hmm. Cause there are moments where your piece of paper will disagree with the choice you think your character will make. Now, if you don't, put the piece of paper into the equation it makes it easier to kind of do that and you won't have that person across the table going you can't do that they'll at least they might be asking why are you doing that Mm -hmm. because it's out of character but then you as a player have to have this moment of like okay so why am i doing this and have an explanation you can either externally verbalize it or keep it internal for your character to wrestle with that's up to you but to uh, to other players, you don't have that limit of like, they've painted you in the same box that you've put into, or even the problem of everybody's perspective on what is chaotic good will be slightly misaligned. So sometimes you're making a choice for your character that is very much within your box of chaotic good, but somebody across the table doesn't have the same box. You can kind of have those like misaligned transparency sheets where everything's not quite square and to kind of visualize that i mean yeah it's like you said it's like there's so much movement even within this the box even if we're going to look at you and chaotic good as an example and how varied that interpretation can be like there's so so much movement there and yeah it's it's so difficult we just want our characters to be like real people we want them to be a real boy (laughs) want to see them in real life i want to meet my character (laughs) Well, yeah, and I actually just found, I just found an interesting graphic online because you know, I mean, the the other idea is like trying to look around at alternate alignment systems that I know there are a billion people have put out there, you know, and that's why we're talking about this topic. We're not bringing up something brand new. Nope. Uh, the game's been around with nine boxes for forty years, so <laughs> it's been a struggle <laughs> for a long time. But even this one that I found, where it's essentially like the there's lawful good neutral good and then there's neutral good with a lawful bent yes and kind of putting that in between them and where there's also neutral good with a chaotic bit between chaotic good and, you know, and so it's almost like that um, compass where it's north northwest kind of thing but even that the amount of movement that you would have inside of that going back and forth is so 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 much depending on what choices the character makes i think that it shows that even wizards of the coast has struggled with the alignment system in the sense, like I remember 3.5 gods being, it is a neutral god with lawful good tendencies so that mm-hmm. they could say, and thus he did this and thus he did that or she did this or she did that. Like it, it allows for a little bit more wiggle room, but just having to make that contingency to be able to explain it is a little bit frustrating. And I imagine that is, that was their contingency of, well, we have to be able to explain this to those people who are like, but their alignment is this, so how could they make that decision? I think one thing that kind of is a constraint to the classical nine alignments and choosing one alignment is that, especially for new players, but even for, even for like veteran players, it is such a difficult thing in their mind to say, I'm changing alignment. Yeah. But characters develop and characters change. And if you were to throw out the alignment system and then go back and look at a story that you've told without using the alignment system, I think you would probably be able to say, well, that character started off this. He went to this. He did this and then went back to this. 
And hopefully all of those changes are, they make sense. And it's like, well, yes, they were based off of real good decisions that the character made that was based off of factors in the story. So it made sense that they, they kind of jumped around like that. But I think it encourages characters to develop in a more realistic and a more dramatic way rather than constantly being the same throughout the entire mm-hmm. game of my character started off as a chaotic neutral. He ended the game as a chaotic neutral. Like he did not change at all with that. I think throwing that out helps the players with their PCs be able to go through those changes to be able to develop their characters further. Yeah. I think it does very much bring a fluidity of morality to it where your choices are constantly made within the context of the moment. And that rock that's on your character sheet of those two letters often kind of centers everything when real life and real situations are always having moving context and changing situations. And then your decisions are made based on your history, your past, your your thoughts on the current moment, and then your decisions made. There's not this solid thing in everybody's life. You know, some people do have those tent pole things but not many people do they have kind of organic things that change and adapt and none of these really big solid like i will never change my mind on this ever i always hate peas things like that like (laughs) there's always a fluidity to it people are willing to change and mature and adapt uh you see that a lot in television and movies where you know a character might get really really set on like we hate the rules we're gonna break all the rules i'm super chaotic this week and then (laughs) through like the story arc of even like a tv episode they go oh i understand why rules exist you know chaotic good might be a phase for them and so when you take away that limiting factor i think there's more of an opportunity to have those fluid decisions be made and i think when you have those alignment changes when there's a system there it tends to be you wait for that huge moment to like make a hard left in your life and it upends everything so when you make an alignment change as a player in game typically it's something massive has happened and now my alignment's going to change and I can flex on that. But in reality, people adapt and change driving from home to the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> your, your, your life context changes when that guy dings your car in the parking lot, you know? So you might be a little more lawful when you're like, I want my insurance money, bro. And seeing that kind of thing kind of come through in D&D is a lot easier without that. No, I have to be lawful. I can't always care about this thing. Yeah. I only want to sometimes care about or this thing. Or you might be a little less lawful and go, oh, it's only a ding. Yeah. I don't want my insurance to go up. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, it changes. It changes. I think that's I think that's a good point. Realistic people. If you want to role play realistic people, if you want your characters to seem realistic, throwing out the alignment may be something that benefits your players and your your table. And I think that it opens up the doors for you as a DM to ask questions, thought-provoking questions to your players about, I'm trying to understand why your character made this decision. And hopefully they know what, why their characters made this decision and they're not just saying, because I think one, one bad thing that we want to just you know say here is that there is a negative to this if it's done the wrong way is you say, hey, players, we're throwing out alignment and they just go, 
awesome. We can do whatever we want. Yay, we can <laughs> save the day and yeah. then rob the town. Because I think it needs to be said, throwing an alignment is not throwing out the morality and explaining that to your players is important. Saying, no, 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 throwing out alignment because we want you guys to get more into the understanding of who your characters are without feeling in a box. I'm doing this so you guys can role play better. Not so we say, forget morality, forget like characters having standards and beliefs and whatever. It's to make it a little bit more fluid and realistic, but it allows you to ask those hard questions of why did your character make that? And hopefully having sometimes those questions be asked and having players go, Hmm, I haven't thought about that. Let me think about that more and be able to help them grow with their characters and even help you see more when they give you an answer of who their character is so that you can better DM for them. Yeah, without the alignment system, they're going to make the choices that they're going to make. I think Ewan is another draw where they're not, fra- it's not framed. So then you, know, you, you could step to the table with no idea of who they're going to be in terms of the story. And it needs to be a continued conversation, Ewan, if they're going through and then Ewan killing every guard and taking everything and then winning the game. The difficulty there is that they could essentially become the bad guys because they're allowed to and maybe that's the game that they want to play and that's totally fine too and you know, with the alignment system i feel like you know and everything kind of leans towards good because that's the way things are written and so on and so forth but with it open i mean you could have players that make evil choices and now you have evil players and maybe that's the game they want maybe it's not but then that can t- can generate that conversation to figure out how they want to role play going forward. I think it even will help out with players who sit down and sit and they are, I just love it. love it. <laughs> Sheet peekers. <laughs> Such <laughs> and, a good tip. It is. It is. Maybe that's what <laughs> this episode should have as a uh, subtitle. <laughs> Throwing out alignment, subtitle, sheet peekers. <laughs> um, but, I feel like you sit down to the table and you have written on your character sheet, neutral good. And you look over and your friend who's sitting right next to you has written down his character sheet, chaotic evil. And immediately you go without even meeting the character. I'm not getting along with you. I'm going to hate your character. We're going to fight at every turn. And it's like, instead of letting, letting that happen naturally because of things that are said at the table, it's, with within character it's immediately a roadblock especially especially if you can't get past the metagaming aspect of it too of just no no no, that guy's chaotic evil but he does it all in secret and you wouldn't know but you do know because you are a dirty (laughs) filthy (laughs) sheep eater (laughs) well i mean yeah it's almost just because they're chaotic evil doesn't mean they couldn't just choose to have like a machiavellian approach or they do everything through sending like more Charles Manson, like he didn't, you know, he didn't necessarily murder anyone, but he's the one that orchestrated it all. So then, like, yeah, how would your character interpret the fact that this person is just kind of off and does all these sending messages and writes all these weird stuff on scrolls and does all leaves notes everywhere? He would just seem like a weirdo. Like honestly, like if done right by the character, he would just seem like a weird guy. Like <laughs> why is he leaving all these notes? He's a in these thorough weird note taker, but then he just leaves them all behind. Yeah, and he just talks to himself constantly. Oh, whatever. He helps in the fights. I guess he, I guess we'll keep him around. But the 
the sheet peeker, he knows. <laughs> he knows that this person's chaotic evil. And so then he's going to, like you said, he's going to metagame and go fishing for it. Like, I know you are. Prove it to me. Yeah, or he's going to make that choice that forces the opportunity for a reveal where it's you, as a player, kind of create a situation where you're like, now I get to find out. No more secrets at the table, everybody. Where that opportunity in that situation may have had a well-crafted DM moment, you know, sessions down the road, but now somebody's sticking their patookas into everything and and making <laughs> making this worse. moment way worse. <laughs> yeah, so the last bit of advice, and I think we would all agree on this, is check with your players that mm. this is something that they're comfortable with. This is not a small thing yes. to do by any stretch of the imagination. So definitely check with your players and figure out what works with them. Like, does this additional neutral good with a lawful bent, does that appeal to them and is that kind of your compromise or are they super game to just throw it out completely and just go on this go on this imagination ride with you so yeah as always talk to your players <laughs> yeah be open with them about why you want to throw it out and what benefits you see in throwing it out and see if if their eyes light up at that and go yeah that that would be great and i think the difficulty is that you might have certain like certain players that think yeah that's great and certain players that think uh no we won't don't want to do that and so you might just have to compromise and say well let's try it out for this game and then we'll go back to the alignment system if some of us don't like it and maybe we'll just switch back and forth for a while like or i mean what what's going to mess up if you say all right well bob you want alignment go ahead write down alignment joe you don't fine don't write down alignment like i as a dm am just going to say i'm not going to hold you to that anymore we hope that you've enjoyed this discussion on alignments hashtag magic mark thank you for joining us to kind of talk about this your opinion as a player in my campaigns is always appreciated and i know that the listeners appreciate it as well so thank you for joining us on this episode yeah thanks for having me well we hope that you have enjoyed this discussion about throwing out alignments whether or not this is something that you decide to do maybe it gave you some brainstorms on different ways to use alignments and different ways to discuss with your players their characters morality and just character development in general Neil, if our listeners would like to get in touch with us, where can they reach us at? Or if they'd like to send us a pop song with some new lyrics, where can they reach us at? You can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And if you want to start throwing crazy things at us through iTunes reviews, <laughs> you can just head over there, give us a five-star review, and we will read it on air verbatim. But remember, we are a family-friendly podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. If you want updates about the show, what episodes are coming out, memes, polls, those are the places to go to get any of those. We have a Patreon member shout out of the week. And this week's Patreon member shout out goes to Jared Arctache. Thank you so much, Jared. Watch out. Neil, Jared is our very first cosmic dragon. That is fantastic. Unstoppable. Thank you so much, Jared. Jared will be appearing, as he is a cosmic dragon, on a future season of Geek Wars. So look awesome. out for Jared on there. Yes. Thanks for your support. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, and you can go check out our other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, which we 
you might guessed on if you're a cosmic dragon what oh. we're and we're so bad at adventuring and more what what well that's it for this episode of the dungeon master's block the place where we come to talk about the dungeon master the most important person in the game the only person capable of playing god killing characters and lowering the egos of all other people at the table good night and good luck keep on dungeon mastering Aquaman, Aquaman. <laughs> Curse you, James Intracaso.